This is the third part of a series we taught called The Art of Receiving. This is the conclusion of the message today, I think, the Lord willing. And uh, we've been talking about how to receive. I think that's a pretty important thing. If God has something planned for us and he's sending it to us, if we can't receive it, what good is it? Right? Have you ever ordered anything through the mail, you know, online or whatever, and it's supposed to be coming to you, FedEx or UPS or actually even in the regular post, postal service? And uh, if it doesn't get to you, you're kind of frustrated, right? Because you ordered it and it was supposed to be coming to you. If somebody messed up that order, well, that'd be a bad deal. So it doesn't work if, it doesn't, if, if it's being shipped and you don't receive it, then it's not a full transaction. God has something planned. He has a planned release. You know, I think that um, back over time, we've, we've recognized this as outpourings. Have you ever heard anybody say, you know, there's an outpouring or there was an outpouring or during a certain such and such time, there was an outpouring or a mighty move of God or various things like that? I think it's uh, maybe recognized in many different ways. Same thing, uh, the, the bottom line is, is that God is releasing to the body of Christ what we need for the next days and months and however much time we have left here on planet Earth before he comes back to catch his bride away and to take his, uh, the, the church out of this place. And so we need to get ready. We need to be in a position to receive this, re- this release that's coming. And we know that uh, as I've been sharing, uh, uh, praying about this and everything, it's like the Lord just dropped it in my spirit that there's an art to receiving. And I thought, whoa, I never thought about that. I mean, it makes sense. And you say, well, well, I guess I knew that, but we don't, we we didn't know it. We knew it, but we didn't, it wasn't, we weren't consciously aware of it, I guess. You know, it, it makes sense when we hear it, but we need to be more consciously aware of it in the day that we're living in because we need to do everything we can to make sure we're in a position to receive because Satan and all his forces are doing everything they can to be in a position to hinder so uh, we've, got to, we've got to do some things. And we've talked about that. We talked about that uh, in, in part one of this message, we really looked at how we receive, how to receive. And we took a look that uh, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And just kind of how God made us up and uh, how we, uh, as beings, uh, relate to him, connect to him, connect within the spiritual realm. And our spirit connects to him because he is a spirit. His word says, and Jesus said, that they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. And we see that that's how we connect to him. And so we talked about that and that uh, Jesus himself told us that ask, to ask, seek and knock. And, and um, that uh, we're to do that. That's how that we, we're to receive from him. That was ask, you know, uh, we're to come before him and ask. And James said, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motives in mind. So we find out that there's a lot of instruction through the word of God about how to receive and then also to ask. And we talked in detail about that, that uh, we're to ask and that really that happens through our spirit. We, we ask through prayer. We seek through the person of the Holy Spirit when we don't know how, what to pray for in Romans 8, 26. Then we pray in the spirit and, and, uh, because he knows the mind of God and, and he will pray in accordance with the will of God. And so that's seeking. And then knocking is as we, through faith, we continue to knock with expectation, with hope and determination. And that brings us into the realm then of our soul and uh, where that we put that determined, decisive will behind that ask, seeking, and knocking. And uh, we, we really took a look at who used that 
advice probably most effectively, and it was, there was a teaching a few years back, the prayer of Jabez, and Jabez is only mentioned once, but it says that he cried out to God and said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. I mean, he was bold when he came, and he asked, and he, he said, enlarge my territory. Let, my hand, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And it says, and God answered his request. And so that's and we looked at that as an example. So we've been doing that, and we discovered that uh, a true, true humble receiving really honors the giver. We want to honor God. He's planned something. He's releasing it to us. We want to honor him, and so we need to learn how to do that in a, in a true fashion, in a humble fashion. And last week, we talked about what hinders our receiving, uh, that we have paradigms and dogmas and perceptions and, that result in reluctance or resistance to our receiving, and we have to be careful about those things and identify them and deal with them and, and uh, be conformed to his image, not to this world, and, and begin to put off the old and put on the new. It's a process. It's a daily process. And we found that, um, uh, that that's something that's supposed to be going on daily so that we continue to get ourselves in a position to receive and that we remain in a position to receive. Today, we want to talk about the process and the battle to receive. So if we can make it to this point, <laughs> you know, if we haven't shot our own self in the foot, if we're not standing on our own air hose, you know, and cutting ourselves off from the, the, the source, then Satan has some things planned. And really, um, the, the process, the hindrance to the process of receiving involves three main things that, that always hurts us, and that's sin, self, and Satan. And so those things we have to be careful of. That's why we're to examine ourselves and see if there be anything in us. And David said, search me, O God, and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way in me. So we've got to constantly examine and allow the Holy Spirit to examine us and to reveal maybe what would be hindering. You know, we know that our prayers can be hindered when we have a lack of forgiveness in our heart, when, when we are unforgiving and various things like that. Uh, so we're constantly to examine those things and um, we, we have discovered on this thing about receiving that this kind of, to, you know, proper receiving is initiated with your spirit by faith. It's activated with your soul by believing. Then it's translated and actualized, actualized from spiritual to physical when we are aligned with the spirit. So it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to come from the spiritual realm and come into the physical realm and be manifested in the physical realm. And that can happen. That's those things that, uh, that's the, the, the neat thing about supernatural. It's, it's beyond that. And so it's initiated by your spirit, uh, by faith. It's activated by your soul, with your soul by believing. And then it's translated and actualized uh, from the spiritual to the physical when we, align, when we are aligned with the spirit. It's not passive. Receiving is not passive. It's um, decisive. It's, it's a conscious active, dynamic choice that we choose to receive, choose to believe that God has something for us and that we choose then to receive and do what's necessary to get in a position to receive. It's not earned. We know that uh, the gift depends upon the goodness of the giver so that when God has purpose to release something, it's upon his grace. And so we see that through the word of God. And we read about that where Paul even said, by the grace uh, that God gave to me. I was able to do this or that or whatever. So these things are not earned. And that's why that Satan a lot of times will tell us that, oh, you, 
you'll never get that. God will never bless you because of your past and all this stuff. And, and we then align ourselves with it and believe that lie of the devil. And we say, well, you know, I guess other people could get that or other people are blessed because they didn't do this or that. Hey, when we come before God and we ask him to forgive us and we repent and we turn from those things, then we're forgiven. A lot of times we just don't know how to receive forgiveness. So we, we void that out. And, and so uh, this receiving that we are going to step into, it's not earned. It's a, it's a rightful position. We just don't need to hinder ourselves in, in any way by jeopardizing the position that we need to be in to receive it. Uh, and then it's also, it's destroyed by the evil one. He does everything he can. He, you know, in warfare, a lot of times you'll see where they will go to the supply lines and they'll bomb the supply lines to try to keep the supplies to getting to, the, to that army uh, so that they can hinder the supplies, then they hinder that army. If you can't have food, you know, or you don't have uh, munitions, the, the, the ammunition and stuff like that to, to do warfare or all the different things that are necessary for warfare, you cut off the supply line and you hinder that army. Satan wants to cut off the supply line. So we, we know those things, but yet sometimes we don't think about those things when we are looking at something, especially when God has a major release for us. And so that brings us to this part three, which is the process and the battle to receive. This process and battle involves weapons. And we know that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, it says, for, uh, in the King James, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Well, the NIV puts it like this. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. They're not fleshly weapons. It says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Demolish strongholds. Then in verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension. What's a pretension? A pretension is, uh, a pretense is, is an assertion or a claim. And it's an assertion that Satan would bring to, uh, that this is higher than what we know about God, what God's word says about him or about us. And so Satan will bring uh, this assertion that says, well, that's not true, or whatever, some lie that he brings that, to get us to believe that as opposed to believing what the word of God says. And that sets itself up then against the knowledge of God, what we know about God. Uh, so he says that uh, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now that's, listen to that. We take captive every thought to bring it to obedience to Christ. Do you do that? Every thought that you have throughout the day, do you grab a hold of that thought, and before you release it, let it go, or whatever, before you let it go into existence to become powerful to create something? Do you bring it into obedience of Christ this, and where you pass it through him for his approval? Does he stamp it and say, okay, you can think that thought? Wow. You know, one person said uh, thoughts are like birds, so you can't keep them from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest. 
You know, some thoughts are going to come, and Satan will throw these arguments and pretenses around, but when that comes, we need to bring that into, we need to take it captive and then bring it into obedience to Christ. Does that line up with God's Word? You know, if you had this thought, this fearful thought, or something, and, or a depressive thought, or uh, an angry thought, or all these different things that maybe come, and it comes before you act upon it and allow it to be just get your emotions involved and your will involved. Do you bring that into captivity and say, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. I have no business even thinking that. I get rid of that thing in Jesus' name. We need to do that. That's what he's telling us to do. Because that thought could be something that would be a hindrance to us receiving what God has for us. Um, so, so there are weapons that are involved in this receiving. There's also a battlefield that's, uh, you know, like all battles, uh, receiving has a battlefield, a combat zone, a theater, an arena of war. Where is that? That battlefield really is in the realm of the soul, between our mind and our spirit. You know, there's, there's a connection point there between, that where we flow in when our spirit is repowered, when we're born again, when we are regenerated, when we become alive spiritually. Now then, that part of us, that's who we were designed to be as spirit. And so through our soul, that conscious part of us that, that uh, is where we are aware of things. We become, it's our awareness. It's our perception of things. Through a section of that there in our mind, it transitions over into our spirit. And boy, I don't know about you, but those thoughts and those uh, certain feelings and various things can get in the way and I struggle in the spirit and then I am in the flesh is what Paul said and said the spirit battles against the flesh and the flesh battles against the spirit. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this thing? And then he goes on in chapter 8 of Romans to say, I thank God through Jesus Christ by bringing those things into uh, captivity and being, making them obedient to what the word of God says about the Lord and, and His Word. So there's this battlefield of the soul, and, the, and this battlefield involves three realms. We know that the soul, or perhaps you know that the soul, is comprised of the mind, the will, and the emotion. And so within these three realms is where this battlefield is for receiving. And so we've got to get, we've got to win the, the, the battle there. We've got to win it there. So with it, again, we don't hinder this, the re receiving. The mind is that the faculty of consciousness and thought. Everybody say that. The, the faculty of consciousness and thought. That's the mind. Job said in chapter 3, verse 25, it says, uh, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Have you ever dreaded something? Oh, man. I was, oh, I can't believe I got to do that. Or this, this, that's, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really afraid that's going to happen. Oh, no. What if that happened? You know, or something you just, and what's happening? Your thoughts are consumed and it's being brought on, and your attention is being focused upon something that is bad. Why? Who said that was going to happen? Did God tell you that that was going to happen? You know, I mean, so that's why we need to bring it back. God, is this you? then we need to understand God's character, his nature. God's a good God. James says that God is not evil, neither does he tempt any man with evil. Therefore, if it's some evil thing coming and I'm thinking, wait a minute, that can't be God. So if it's not God, I don't need to have anything to do with it, right? People, we need to be very, very careful. We are allowing our supply line to be destroyed. 
destroyed. Science says that every thought has a frequency. Did you know I was reading about thoughts and they, they have thought patterns? They can measure thoughts. They've even determined now that with autism that they can, uh, they can measure these thoughts and they've determined certain things. They can actually diagnose autism just by the, the thoughts of a child. They can already diagnose those things just by the thought patterns. They throw off frequencies and, and various patterns. And so it's pretty cool. And they've even been able to identify certain, through certain thought patterns if um, Rachel is thinking of corn then they'd say, oh, she's thinking about corn because of the way the thought pattern is. And if I would think about corn, they'd say, he's thinking about corn because my thought pattern would be the same as Rachel's thought pattern. Isn't that crazy? It's like a language. It's like a, a written thing. I, I was amazed when I was reading this about our thoughts. Well, what's going on here? What's happening here with these thoughts? Um, they can be measured. It, it said that thoughts send out that magnetic signal that is drawing a parallel back to you. Some people think that. That when that thought goes out, not only is it, can it be measured, and scientists measure it, and it has a certain pattern, but in, in this realm, the world that we live in, that it's, that's just evidencing that it has a certain pattern, and that that is a magnetic type of a, a signal, and as it goes forth, it's drawing things, it's attracting things to it, just like a magnet attracts certain things to it. That thought begins to, to draw stuff to it and begins to get, gain strength and power and life. What do you think about that? Would you agree or disagree with that? Job said, what I feared came upon me. What, how did, was he fearing something? He began to think about it. He had fearful thoughts. And so the more he thought about those things, the more he gave life, let's say, to that thought, the more that thought was empowered and more it drew that to it and it became manifest then wow it tells us really in a sense that you know how do we we're talking about receiving we receive things by faith faith is the substance of things hoped for it's the evidence of things not seen if we believe that then it makes sense that a thought would be a substance of things expected the evidence of things that aren't seen yet because they're going to happen, right? Everybody with me? I don't want to be making something up here. I'm just saying that scientists are really aligning themselves with what the Bible's been telling us all along, just saying it maybe in a little different way. So if these thoughts go out, if we can measure them, do you th and if they can identify what Rachel's thinking, what Tim's thinking, what I'm thinking, if they can identify that by certain identifiable pattern, do you think our enemy, who is wily, the Bible says crafty, he's a pretty sharp guy, not giving him, not, well, he's probably a pretty sharp dresser too, he deceives, but he says he's the angel of light, but do you think he's smart enough to figure that out too, if scientists have figured that out? What's a stronghold? Where does a stronghold come from? How did I get a stronghold? Hmm, were you thinking about it? Did you say something? Did you open up something to allow a stronghold to be established? This is how it works in the spiritual realm. But the thing is, is that the same way that works in this positive way can work in a negative way that hinders us from receiving. And people, we can't, we can't afford 
not to receive this next outpouring that God has for us. That's what he's emphasizing to me. That's what he's saying to me. And that's what he's wanting me to share with you is that, hey, we need to be alert. These last days that we're living in, we've got to get what he's, what he's giving. He's got a supply. He knows what we need. He's the one that's already designed and, and have the orders there. Some of them he hasn't revealed to us yet, but he's going to supply us so that when those orders are already are released, we have what's necessary to step right into it instantaneously. So I jotted down this little statement. If we dwell on our thoughts, we begin to react or respond to them with emotions. Would you agree or disagree with that? If we dwell on our thoughts, we begin to react or respond to them with emotions. We'll either get excited. Wow, I had a joyful thought. Blue Bell ice cream. Wow. <laughs> wow, you know. Uh, when I used to play Little League Baseball, when we win a game, our coach would load us up and take us, and we'd get a malt. Everybody got a malt, man. We were like, yeah, that was a joyful thought, you know? Uh, or what if I had a fearful thought? That would produce an emotion, right? Fear. Fear is an emotion. Dread. You know, maybe depression, discouragement. All those hee-haw things, gloom, despair, agony, <laughs> all those things like that are emotions. And so, see, this is in the realm of the soul, our mind, our emotions. We're getting them all entangled here. Why? So that it can tangle us up and hold us back, cut off our supply line, and wrap us up with strongholds and hold us here in this particular place where we are an easy target and easily defeated. Listen to Proverbs 23.7. says in the... New King James, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. He's talking about eating at a miser person's table. And so, you know, hey, look, if he thinks all the time about miserly things and that if you are glutton and, or you do this, you better believe he is because what a... When a man thinks in his heart, that's what he is. That's, that's what happens. So your thoughts are very important and very strong. They, have, they really make us and shape us into who we are and who we become, what we receive, what we don't receive. So we think about these things. In turn, it gives life to those thoughts. It gives power to those thoughts. It gives authority to those thoughts. Satan can walk into the courts of heaven. And he can say, and he can slap that argument down on the, the, the judge, the creator of the universe. And he can say, you know, I've got right to build a stronghold here because they released it to me. They gave, they've opened up and surrendered. They, they created it with a thought. They empowered it. With their speech, God thought about having a people, and he spoke, and the worlds came into existence, and creation just began to rumble from God thinking about it and speaking it into existence. And I'm sure he had emotions. That, you know, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And God, it, there's a, a verse that says he twirls over us. God dances, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not, but he does. He twirls. He leaps over us with joy. And, you know, I'm sure he had this leap and, you know, just joy. Yes, I'm going to get a people for my namesake, you know. How did that happen? Are we created in his image and likeness? So 
in his image and likeness, our thoughts and our words are very powerful. Um, Romans chapter 4, verse 17 says, The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That same characteristic can, uh, of God, his, that same part of his nature is in us. That to give life and to call things that aren't as if they are. Speak to the mountain and say, be, be removed to be cast into the sea. Jesus spoke to the fig tree and, and cursed it and it withered up and dried. Dried up and, and, and died. Wow. You shall say to the mountain, be removed to be cast into the sea. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Matthew 18, 18. He says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. You align your thinking together, and you, you align those things together, and he says, hey, I'm there with you, and it, it can come into ex existence. Proverbs 18, verse 20. I want to give you some scripture so you know that where this is coming from. It says, listen to this. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. Now, wait a minute. We're going to have lunch today. We're going to talk about it, or we're going to eat it. Well, he's saying that from the fruit of his mouth, you speak those things. That's when your stomach is filled. It's in other words, there's going to be a results from those things that come into a manifested, a, a natural manifestation that you could eat it and, and you'd be satisfied. So there can be pr produce can come. We can produce produce from the words that we speak. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled with the harvest of his lips. He is satisfied. Verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Yeah, eat its fruit. That's great if, if it's good fruit. But if it's bad fruit, so if it has the power of life and death, can also bring that back to us as well, right? Because whatever works in the good can also work in the bad. Are you following me? Do you agree with this or not? Just trying to remind us of some things that we know, or maybe we've kind of they've kind of drifted away a little bit because we've got some serious business to take care of. So here's another agree or disagree thing. Since we are created in the image and likeness of God, to call things that aren't as if they are, we automatically exercise a principle of attraction. In other words, that things come we like a while ago with our thoughts that go out and those thoughts then begin to attract life and substance to be able to form to become something in the natural realm. When we speak from the, uh, the fruit of our mouth, our lips, something happens because it says that it can form and become a substance that we could actually eat and be satisfied. Just giving that as an example. So it changes from nothing and to a thought, to a word that's spoken and becomes a reality that we could hold in our hand. Is that what, that's what I think I'm reading here. I don't know about you. You know, most people think about what they don't want. Dread, fear, that principle of attraction. Now, there's a, you know, everything has a counterfeit. There's a, there's a teaching on the principle of attraction that's, that's out there, but they base everything on enough truth that gets it going, Right? 
But, you know, if you're going, this principle of attraction is going to work. If you always have dreadful thoughts, fearful thoughts, then you're going to attract that into existence, into your life. Is that what it's saying here? Would it be what you think about, you bring about? Could we say that? Could we make that statement? What do you think about, you bring about? Those thoughts. Those thoughts begin to emotions, and then from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we say, oh, man, I, you know, whatever. You know those negative things we speak over ourselves and over other people, right? Hello, don't raise your hand. You leave your ribs exposed when you do that. You don't have to understand it for it to work. Because it's just there. It works. I don't have to understand lightning for it to lighten, for lightning to hit. I don't have to understand gravity for it not to work if I fall off the roof of this church. It's going to work, right? I mean, I don't have to understand it. It just it works. We don't have to understand it for it to work. It works. But we need to understand it so we don't fall and hurt ourselves against it, right? Most of us attract things by default. And we're not even paying attention. And, and so here these things are coming in by what we're thinking and what we're saying. Hello. Does anybody get anything out of this today? So be careful, little minds, what you think. <laughs> be careful, little mouths, what you speak. <laughs> be careful. You know, why did David say in the 141st Psalm, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord? Why would he say that? Because his mouth had got him into some trouble, right? And his thoughts got him into trouble. He looked out there and, and he saw Bathsheba. He began to think, Woo, man, she is fine. And he thought too long. It said it was time for kings to go to battle. He should have been thinking about battle. He should have been thinking about what he was supposed to be doing instead of those other thoughts. Hello. All right, pastor, just keep moving on now. You're just starting meddling now. He says, he says there in the 141st Psalm, verse 3, he says, Set a, a, a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil. Why would he say that? Why would he say that if, if it wasn't true or if it wasn't getting him into some trouble? Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips because he knows it's going to produce something. And let not my heart be drawn to what is evil. You know, by what, you know, if I'm fearful or dreadful or <laughs> there's some dreadful people or, you know, or whatever, greedy or hateful or, man. And then when you begin to think about that and you begin to act that way and it begins to pull you into those things, be careful. And then you step out of line for receiving what God has for us. You know, we need to have this, we need to set a guard over our mouth and over our mind and over our lips that, that these things also, that, that's activated in our life. Every day we ought to do that. Get up and have God, okay, set a, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over my, the doors of my lips. Don't let me say something stupid. Uh, have you ever noticed sometimes that you'll have a well, maybe some people aren't like this, but they have a certain thought, and then there's a little time delay when you think whether maybe you ought to say that or not. Some people engage their mouth before their brain ever kicks in, I think. But, 
But, you know, there's a certain time delay there, I think, because that gives us an opportunity. It helps us to evaluate. Not my will, but thine be done, Lord. What did Jesus do? Take this cup from me. Why? His, his emotions were there. He was thinking about what he was going to have to go through. If, he, if it got him, if, uh, you know, then who are we? He was thinking about the, uh, you know, the, the whipping post, the crucifixion. He was thinking about those things. Those thoughts were there. And so then his emotions got with him, and he says, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. He knew it wasn't God's will. Man, he was struggling with it. Finally, he said, not my will, but thine be done. No, I, I can't think about that. I need to think about it, it, what it says there in the New Testament, what Paul says, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame, and now is set down at the right hand of the Father. So he changed those fearful thoughts and that thoughts of dread of going to the cross, going to the whipping post. He, he said, I, I'm not going to think on those things. I'm going to think of the joy of Tim getting saved. I'm going to think of the joy of T getting saved. Well, you get those two guys going, that's a pretty good thing. Yeah. And Jesus said, I'll go to the cross for that, man. You know, but when he saw you and I, and for the joy that set before him, he began to think on that rather than to think about the fearful things. What did he do to get victory? He changed his thoughts. Pastor, you're making a big deal of this. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. It's a big deal. It's time we make a big deal out of it. Far too long have we been, been being robbed, and God is upset about it. He says, I'm sending this release. And what he's saying, now I have a planned release. It's serious business. Things that, that my body has to take care of, the body of uh, the, the believers have to take care of. Now then you get in a position to receive and don't hinder yourself. Don't knock yourself out of line. Don't give place to the devil. Don't allow strongholds to come in to hold you back. I need every one of you in line. Amen. So that's just in our mind. <laughs> See, it can penetrate through there and, and swarm through where our will then, our will is the faculty by which a person decides and initiates action. It's where we we're going to do it. Or I'm mad, so I'm out of here. Right? Or I'm glad. And Jesus set his will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And when he determined that he was going to the cross for the joy that was there for mankind to be saved, for that joy, when he determined, he initiated some action that says, come on, get up, guys been sleeping my here here comes my betrayer he initiated action man i mean it, here, off it went right it's where in the the realm of our will is where the, the the area of desire or intention is there too and so sometimes that desire really gets through there where it becomes our will to do a certain thing because that's what we desire he desired to live he desired not to be beat and, and, and whipped and crucified, but yet he had to lay those things down. That's why he said, not my will, but thine be done. Gets over into the emotions then. That realm is, we see this battle taking place and Satan working on this battlefield, this arena. And that's the area, the faculty of, I guess, of our soul that involves our feelings. Glad, sad, mad, you know, uh, love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Hey, wait a minute. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Exactly. That's what our emotions ought to be like, the fruit of the Spirit. Not, you know, mad, sad, glad, depressed, and disappointed, and angered, and fearful, and despair, and... It's emotions is that realm of instinctive feeling as opposed to reasoning or knowledge. It's just, you don't know it, but you feel it. It's, it's just a, um, your instinct, you feel certain things. That's why sometimes people get themselves in a lot of trouble because they, they don't know a fact, or the facts could be laid out there, but they just kind of like feel something in right. Well, you know what? Satan can make you feel something in right with your husband. Or with your wife. You ever see jealousy bust a marriage apart? Because somebody, their instincts? Well, that's not all that stinks. <laughs> Instinctive feelings. Well, I don't know. I can't prove, but I just got a feeling. Well, get rid of that feeling. Begin to speak into that marriage. <laughs> speak to that husband. <laughs> You know, uh, call those things that aren't as if they are. Pray and, and, and get busy on the spiritual realm. But emotions, uh, they're powerful and real. Uh, to the one that's feeling them, that's reality, right? And that's your perception. Feelings, well, I'll sing that song about feelings. That, that is your perception. Why? Because that's how you feel. But just because you feel that way, you've got to be careful because that's in the realm of your soul. That might not be what's really happening. And that's why we need to step back and we need to evaluate. We need to take those things captive and we need to bring them before let the Holy Spirit fill us. Be filled with the Spirit and allow the fruit of the Spirit to be manifest out of us. And let God begin to take over and, and rule in that realm. He wants us to have feelings. He wants us to be, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he wants us to be happy. He even said, be angry and sin not. Because, see, feelings are a lot of times, we don't do anything until we feel like we do. You know, until, especially like a guy, until he gets mad enough, he won't do it, right? Or until he gets fed up or whatever, a lot of times he won't do it. See, guys, that's how you make your wife nag at you. Because <laughs> she knows that you won't do it until... Never mind, we better go on. <laughs> but, oh boy, now we, we need those cordless microphones. <laughs> Emotions, they're powerful and they're very real to the person that's feeling those things. And they can be helpful indicators of, of what's going on in our hearts. It lets us know what's happening here, what's, what's going on inside of me. You know, I'm feeling depressed. Why am I feeling depressed? I need to come before God. Search me, oh God. Know my ways. See what's happening in here. Why am I feeling this way? Oh, my soul. Put on the oil of gladness, uh, the, you know, for the spirit of heaviness. Right? Is that right? Yeah. I hadn't said that for a while, I guess. I just had to rewind it back through and make sure that was right. Huh? So we have to put on those things, right? And say, okay, then I'm this is how I'm going to feel. 
Think on these things. He said, cast your care, your anxiety upon the Lord. He cares for you. Cast all those things and those feelings on him. And he says, and whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are pure, think on these things. So when you're thinking about being so fearful or sad or overwhelmed or depressed or you don't know why you feel the way you feel, then Start thinking about what's true. What is true? What's true is that he redeemed me from the curse, and I don't have to feel that way. I can rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul said, I'll say it again, rejoice. I rejoice by choice. I set my will to rejoice. That's where we need to get strong in the Lord. We need to have this victory on these things, and we need to tell our soul what we're going to do, right? What you're going to think and what you're going to uh, say, what you're going to feel. He said, Pastor, huh? that's weird. Well, I'm sorry, but if you want to be victorious, your thoughts and your emotions can, and your, uh, can pull you down to where you walk around all the time and nobody wants to be around you. <laughs> They're glad to see you leave instead of glad to see you come. You know, that's not how you want to be. We need to learn to manage our emotions instead of allowing our emotions to manage us. Amen. Somebody else ought to praise the Lord on that. But sometimes that's why people are so out of whack. That's why they never receive anything from the Lord. I don't know why. Everybody's always receiving something, getting something from the Lord. I don't ever get nothing from him. God just doesn't love Here we go. God just didn't love me. And I guess it's because of this. And I guess it's because of that. And it's probably because of Grandpa. And probably because of... There's enough blame to go around for everybody. Amen. How about saying, praise God, Rachel got it, I'm in line next, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Man, if God can do it for her, if God can do it for Gabe, he could surely do it for me. Nothing's too difficult for God. Be like those guys that got hired, you know, early in the morning and they worked all day. At 10 o'clock he hired some more. At 12 o'clock he hired some more. At 3 o'clock he hired some more. At 5 o'clock he hired some more. They only worked 15 minutes. Guess who was first in line when he was paying the paycheck? Paying them for all day long, the ones that got hired at 5 o'clock. Pulled out 200 bucks. Day's work. And the guys that got hired at 8 o'clock said, what's up with that, man? Gabe and Tim worked 15 minutes and they got 200 bucks. What you ought to be saying is, wow, man, they got 200 bucks. They only worked 15 minutes. I'm going to get 200 bucks. <laughs> right? You ought to be excited. Look, that's what's being handed out. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you see somebody receiving something, I'm telling you, when this starts to happen, when you see this outpouring come, and you see somebody getting blessed, and you see what they're receiving, you ought to get happy, don't get mad. You already pulled yourself out of line. You ought to get happy and just rejoice. Oh, I'm so glad. Give them everything, Lord. Give them all of it. Whew, I'm going to get all of it too. Amen. Just get glad instead of getting sad. It's just as easy to be happy as it is to be sad. It takes a lot of work to be sad. It takes a lot of, I tried it one time. <sighs> it takes a lot of work to be depressed. Man, and it just makes you, it just leaves you feeling just pathetic. It's not worth it, I don't think. It's a whole lot better to be happy. Put on a little praise music. Praise Jesus a little bit. You feel, a whole, it's a lot easier. It's not as hard to do that. Well, you say, oh, yeah, pastor. Boy, sometimes it's so hard to pray. I know it is hard to praise God sometimes, but that's when you choose just like Jesus did. And he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And that's when <laughs> it's all you can do to praise him. You praise him. 
Hallelujah. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. He says, come on, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. He's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's out there. He's out to get you. You shouldn't be afraid of that. Just don't get in a position to let him get you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's easy to say it here. It's, it's different when we get out there and we start thinking about it. We start talking about it. If somebody's talking about a bunch of garbage, whether it's at work or your family or whatever, just excuse yourself. Oh, wait a minute. I like, to, uh, you know, I like to visit with you guys, but I got something else I got to handle right now. Please excuse me. And go over and talk to Jesus. <laughs> I've never heard him tell me anything discouraging before. Even when he tells you something difficult, you can't say anything but, well, thank you. <laughs> That's where Charlie gets that. You know, he can tell you whatever. And when you leave, you say, well, thank you. He's like, wait a minute, did he just, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you know, that's a grace, you know. And so talk to the Lord about it. You'll leave being happy. You know, happy that he set you straight. Hallelujah. He can tell you, you know, to get over it and, and uh, you know, all this stuff. And you'll just be, have a smile on you. Oh, well, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, because we needed that. Because we've already let that burden go. We've already let that anxiety go. We've casted them on him. Go to him. He comforts us. He reassures us. He reminds us that we need not to fear. So when these things are happening, the first thing is go to him. And, you know, the next thing, go to the Word. Go to the Psalms. Read the Psalms. They have everything to do about emotions and, and various things like that. And, Paul, and P, uh, David is talking about all these different things that happens and then how he's restored. And then go to others. Go to one another. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Go to one another. Encourage one another, man. Build one another up in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Turn to that, that chap, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Here's some real practical advice. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not your needs. Seek first to understand and then be understood. You know, seek first to understand what's going on in their life, what's pulling them down before you try to, oh boy, you just don't know what I'm going through. And see, if you just put that on hold... And then be there to encourage them and seek first to understand before you try to be understood. You'd be amazed at how much easier life would be and relationships would be. So it says, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. Get over it. Forgive them. Well, they didn't ask me to forgive them. They shouldn't have to. Don't take up an offense. You've got more things to do than to, you got, you know, you got too much to win than to lose by getting mad and holding a grudge and, and not forgiving somebody. That hinders your prayer, and that's what we've got to do in the first place. That's how it all started was asking, right? So would it be fair to say that whatever you are thinking and feeling today is creating your future? Wow, could we be so bold to step out and say that? Whatever you're thinking and feeling today is creating your future. Well, just think about that for a second. <laughs> so that you can decide what kind of future you want to have. What kind of future do you want to have? What kind of afternoon do you want to have? Oh, I'm so tired. Man, I'm getting tired just thinking about it. You ever do that? Why is it that something else can just encourage you and just, and, you know, enthuse you when, you when you get to get up to do something exciting or whatever? <laughs> Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. That's why I think about Sandy all the time. That's how you stay married 43 years, guys, right there. <laughs> Don't allow things or circumstances to determine your mood. You determine what kind of mood you're going to have and make everything else come and revolve around you. Now, I know that sounds real bold. What? Wait a minute. I thought you were supposed to be humble. You are, but in this thing, you are aggressive because you're not going to let those things determine how you're going to feel and how you're going to, what mood you're going to be in. My goodness, it's like people say, well, I wonder what kind of mood they're in today. Well, what side of the bed they get up on? You're going to let a bed determine your, your mood? My goodness. You know? I preached a message one time and talked about take your weather with you. Remember that, Danny? Just carry your weather with you because like, well, God, it's raining outside. Oh, my goodness. Or it's so hot today, I can't do anything. Oh, man, it's cold outside. The humidity is horrible. I can't go do that now. Oh, the mosquitoes are out. You see what I'm saying? Never, never be a good time. If you always let the weather determine what you're going to do, you just take your weather with you. So I'm going to do it no matter what it does. That's why I ride a Harley. Doesn't matter what the weather is. We're going to ride <laughs> Emotions are really a gift that let you know what you are attracting. That's where the emotions really, why God allows them to, to, to come up in us. Because it, it's kind of an alert, alert system, an alarm system that lets us know what we are attracting. So when you begin to feel depressed, depressed, you better be careful because that's what you are attracting to you. Throw that thing off immediately. See, you can use those things as a safeguard, and as you're putting a guard over your mouth and over your lips, over your mind, when those emotions begin to, begin to stir up, say, wait a minute, I don't want no, no more of that. If all of a sudden your emotions become, you're, you're angry about something, then that's what you're attracting. You're attracting that more and more, and you're just going to get caught up in that. It's no good. It never results in anything good. So realize that emotions can be a gift that let you know you know, what you're attracting, it's a feedback mechanism. So this battlefield, you can win on this battlefield of the mind, the will and the emotions. When you learn how to control it and how you, you learn how to manage those things rather than allowing them to manage you. So 
here we go. This is the end of this thing. Get in a position to receive. By faith, expect to receive. So I want you to do that. I don't want you to just, out of faith from hearing the word of God, hearing this, this series, to expect to receive. God is releasing all that you need. It is, it's decreed. This thing's based upon him, not upon us or whatever. He says in Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's settled. It's settled. God has settled that. Amen? So therefore, we can ask that according to, and we can decree that thing because it's based upon, in, in law, it would be based, based upon a law. Hey, this is based upon the principle that God has said, I'm going to do that. So believe those things. By faith, expect to receive, and then ask. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. And then by faith, keep, continue to knock. You can do that also in the realm of your soul. When you're seeking, you can seek to see if there's something there. Are your emotions alerting you to something that, that you're, you're attracting that you shouldn't be? That's going to knock you out of line? And then, man, just get, get a little card that has a prayer Jabez on it. And just throw that out there a few times. If that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. You know? Realize that you want to honor God. He's the giver, and he's giving you, he's releasing something. And so this true, humble receiving is what's going to honor him. And then take a look at your soul. What's, what's hindering your receiving? Look at, examine yourself right now. What's hindering your receiving? What paradigms do you have? What dogmas, what perceptions that are resulting in your reluctance to receive anything from God? And then determine Set your will to determine to expect God's best. I am determined to expect God's best. Don't let Satan talk you out of anything. You don't even need to negotiate with him. You don't, ha you don't have to, to talk to him. Lord Jesus is our advocate. Say, talk to the hand. You go, you go talk to, to the Lord. I don't have time for you. Choose. Set your will to choose to walk in an attitude of expectation and gratefulness towards God. God, I praise you today. I thank you that you are sending what I need. What do you need? Seek him. What do you need? What's he called you to do? Believe, receive, achieve. What do you need to receive to do to achieve what he's given you to, to achieve? Then expect it. Expect it. And get rid of all the hindrances. Get rid of them. I mean, do some spring cleaning. Are you allowing things in your life to hinder you from receiving? You gotta, that's what you've got to think about. And then you've got to search and, and ask God to help, uh, invite him to search you and, and to, to know. Look to see if there's any sin in your life. Realize it's going to come sin, self, or Satan. Some of those areas, those are areas that, that come in, that, that come to steal, kill, and to destroy in our lives. So ask and receive forgiveness then for those things. And then receive it. Receive forgiveness. Then turn from that and then decree and declare victory. 
decree as an official order. I wrote, jotted it down here, an official order that has the force of law. It's a judgment or a decision of certain courts. It's an order by decree. The courts of heaven have already determined that God's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You can decree it, declare it, and say, I'm walking in victory because all my needs are supplied. Man, that's some pretty, I'm going to get happy here in a minute. I'm going to preach myself happy. My God shall supply all my needs. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours, is what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. 25. 25, says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins too. So don't see. He's always reminding us, don't let anything hinder your, your receiving. We'll close with this and then we'll pray. John 15, 16 and 17, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, when Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you, preordained, predetermined, I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Go bring fruit. Go bring fruit. Go be a witness for him. Go be an encouragement for him. Go to the highways and hedges for him. Bring forth fruit for the kingdom of God. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask for in his name, in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that today? Do you? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we willfully choose today to believe you, to believe your word, to believe that you are speaking to us and to the body to get, it, get ready. There's an outpouring. You have a planned release. So, Father, we are choosing to believe. Father, we are going to be alert and watch in areas of our life where we are allowing Satan to have access, giving place to him. Maybe strongholds that are already in existence. We need to use those weapons, those spiritual weapons, and, and tear down those strongholds, demolish those strongholds. And arguments and pretense we know better. We know who you are, oh God. We know what you have purposed and what you have planned for us. As we're praying right now, I want you to just allow the Holy Spirit to just begin to do that search in you right now, to begin to reveal maybe areas right now where that, that you need to take some action immediately on, that you need to get rid of some things, and, or maybe an attitude or some way of thinking or your, your speech or, or various things. He'll let you know. And while you're praying, let me ask you this. The first thing to receive from him is the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, receiving him. If you've never done that, right now while we're praying, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I've ever received him. I know that Jesus is God's Son, but I've never personally received him and, and asked him to be my Savior, to, to save me from sin to give me eternal life, but I want to do so now. If that's you, won't you just by the uplifted hand say, I'm receiving Christ right now as my Lord and as my Savior. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, you need to do so. He's there to tell us and to instruct us and to guide us into all truth. 
where we're falling short, where we need direction. And so if you've never received the Holy Spirit, just do so right now. Why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've never received the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, but I want to. I want all that God has for me. I can't afford to, to miss out or, or, or to, to be in an area of just not total enlightenment. And I know that he's been given to guide me into all truth. And maybe that, So if that's you, just raise your hand right where you are. Say, Pastor, and I want to receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which shows that it's not my emotions, it's, it's I am willfully choosing to evidence that I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Paul said, I speak in the tongues of angels, men and of angels. Amen. Somebody else, you say, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Just by faith, you receive Him just as you receive Jesus. You say, Holy Spirit, fill me. That means to pilot, to govern, completely control you. Let Him direct you guide you into all truth of all of God's truth. He'll guide you right to that point of reception. There's some of you today that need to forgive some people. Some of you need to get over some things. Some of you need to be careful and, and watch uh, uh, some of the words that you're speaking. And so I challenge you to put a guard over your mouth and over your, uh, uh, your lips, so over your, your mind, over your thoughts. So let's just do that today as we close this thing out. Can we do that? Just pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I make a willful choice to allow you to set a guard over my mouth. Before I speak out idle words, vain words, give me a check in my spirit. Put a guard over my mouth. Put a guard over my mind, O oh Lord. That the thoughts that come, that I'll allow you to approve them or disapprove them. And I will cast down imaginations. Those things, those, those reasonings, those vain thoughts that would bring about fear, doubt, discouragement. I'll cast those things down. And I will think on the things of you, that you give. Father, I make a choice to do this. I ask that you help me in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, be the guard over my mind, my mouth, my lips my emotions and lead me in paths of righteousness. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, let's stand this morning. I hope you got something out of this. I hope it was very practical because we're going to need it. Amen. I'm excited about what God's got for us. I hope you are. Amen. Well, take somebody's hand this morning. Let's pray together.